0: When a regular balloon is released and goes up into the sky, when it pops, it doesn't pop into pieces. It kind of pops into what looks like a jellyfish. So, especially in, you know, we're on the water, on the ocean, that falls into the ocean, it looks like a jellyfish and things eat it. And it's trying to educate him and not, you know, doing it in a way that's age appropriate, but also helping him to understand this is what happens when we do things to animals and to our environment. Because I think that's powerful.
1: That was Stephanie Wall, co-founder of Seattle Zero Waste and 10-Year Zero Waster, and this is episode 20 of Into Intentional welcome to into intentional the show where we chat about intentional living within the realm of wellness self-care sustainability and entrepreneurship my name is christy and i'm a wellness youtuber and sustainable living enthusiast otherwise known as sedona christina in the internet land and i'm your host i hope you enjoyed this episode and i'm sending you heaps of love today and every day Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. This week, I have Stephanie Wall on the show who is not only an incredible, kind, and wonderful human being, but she's sort of an expert in living low waste, you could say, because she's been doing it for 10 years, which is crazy. So we do definitely dive into what it was like then versus now, like 10 years ago. I can't really imagine being in such a small niche lifestyle kind of thing without the word zero waste being trendy trendy and being able to like explain that to people to me that's crazy but mostly we dive into being a parent uh, and living a low waste low impact lifestyle which I was super intrigued by because I do feel like that's something that's a resource I want to provide people with information on but obviously it's a little bit outside of my roundhouse as I'm not in that stage of life yet I don't have children I'm not going through that just yet so I thought I'd ask her all about how she's kind of been navigating the waters as a zero-waste parent, and it was super insightful. Honestly, I think even if you're not a parent, this episode has tons of great nuggets of information. We talk about all things ranging from diapers and cloth wipes and how she even goes about doing that, because honestly, that's something that I always hear about, and I'm like, how the heck do those things work? I just... I, I don't know. I've never used one before, obviously. We talk about prepping for baby showers and just like giving gifts and being around family members in general, which I thought was super insightful. Honestly, I will be taking all of that information and using it if I have some sort of event to row, whether that's like a wedding or helping somebody with a wedding or literally anything. Christmas, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, We talk about washing dishes, washing clothing, toys, and how to thrift and sanitize things, which again, something I didn't even think about. I forgot that if you're going to be giving a child a toy, it's going to be in its mouth. You're going to want to sanitize it. So how do you go about getting secondhand and thrifted toys and doing that? How do you even navigate the waters with secondhand items for your child? I think something that I thought was interesting And I don't think we touch on it in the episode, but I did ask her when we wrapped up is I said, you know, how do you go about just thrifting things in general with him? Like bringing him to the thrift store, her son, um, who's two. I was like, how do you bring him to a thrift store? Because I'm exhausted in thrift shops. And she was like, well, usually what I do is I. When we get there, we go to the toy aisle and he picks out a toy and he gets to hold that the whole time that we're there. And then as we're wrapping up, I say, okay, it's time to put it away now. And then he goes back to the toy aisle and he puts it back. So that way it kind of distracts him from both wanting literally every single item in the store. Cause obviously you walk into a thrift store and it's like an overwhelming number of items in there. So by getting him to hold something that's his toy for that designated time, it sort of distracts him from wanting to pick up everything. And also gets him excited about having secondhand items. And I think, you know, he was born into a low waste lifestyle, so he doesn't really know the difference in between going to, you know, a Target as opposed to a thrift store, for example. So... Yeah, I was really intrigued by that and uh we talk about her philosophy with toys a little bit as well. We get into some really great Q&As later on in the episode, everything ranging from trash cans and trash bags, what she does for that. We talk about groceries, we talk about prepping food and what it's like to eat on the go with a kid. We talk about what her son eats in a day. Um we talk about different activities to do, we talk about bottles, really just like a whole range of things. And uh Yeah, I hope that this is insightful to anyone and maybe encourages people to make more sustainable, secondhand, minimal swaps in their life and just answer some questions that I couldn't personally answer because, again, don't have a kid yet. So, yeah. Anyways, I hope you guys enjoy this episode with Stephanie Wall. Before I leave, you can find her. She's the co-founder of a, an incredible organization here in Seattle called Seattle Zero Waste. So you can connect with Seattle Zero Waste on Instagram and you can connect with Stephanie on Instagram. I believe her Instagram is I Love Zero Waste. And I will leave links to both Seattle Zero Waste and Stephanie's Instagram in the description of this episode. I know that um, Seattle Zero Waste has tons of incredible volunteering opportunities to get involved with. And- And also we do talk about just community in general and building some sort of like support group in your area. And so I think that that's always super helpful. And maybe you can get some sort of group started in your neighborhood or your city as well. So yeah, hope you guys enjoy. I'll let you get into the episode now. Enjoy this conversation with Stephanie Wall. (laughs) Welcome to the show. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm a little tired, but I'm a
0: parent, so yeah, it happens. par for the course. Yeah. At
1: least it's Friday, so yes. potentially weekend things get a little bit easier. Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh,
0: totally. My yeah. husband's around, so it's a lot more fun. Yeah, it
1: takes the pressure off a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So why don't we start with just like a little background information about who you are, what you do, kind of your elevator pitch,
0: I suppose. <laughs> My elevator pitch. Well, since we are talking about zero waste parenting, I'll... Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll start with how I got going with zero waste. Would that would that work? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So my name's Stephanie Wall, and uh, yeah, I've lived in uh, Seattle for since well, let's see, since two thousand three.
1: Okay. So where did you live before
0: that? Minnesota. I grew up there, so I came out here for college. And long story short, just ended up staying here. You know, got married. Had a child, Wesley, who's 22 months old, and we have a baby girl on the way. So I found Bea Johnson's blog in 2010. So I've been doing the zero waste thing for a while. Wow, yeah. So I was really drawn to the aesthetic of her home. And, well, I should say, well, I blame that on my parents because my dad was a woodworker or is a woodworker. So I've um, always grown up with... Uh appreciation for aesthetic and my mom has always been canning ever since I can remember so I get my love of jars from her. Okay. So I remember seeing all of Bea's lay Parfait jars and that drew me in initially but of course the jar that really drew me in was her trash jar and so I was very intrigued by that and read all of her blog posts in a week and started to reduce my trash because I really liked the five R's of the zero waste lifestyle that she's come up with. So that's how I got into zero waste living and it's been a fantastic journey and a really fun journey yeah. since then. What was so, that like
1: in 2010? Because I find it's it's interesting now that like zero waste is this like buzzword and it's like, I don't know, people know on the street what you're talking about when you say zero waste. Like, Would you be in conversation with people and they're like, what the heck is that? Why are you doing that? Uh, I mean, yeah, I think so. If I try to remember
0: back that far, but yes, I mean you're you're I just it's you're definitely right about how zero waste is a known word, especially mm-hmm. in the last like maybe 2 to 3 years. Yeah. Especially when I've done presentations and I ask the audience if they've heard of zero waste, they they the majority of them raise their hand. But no, people really didn't know what I was doing. I remember telling one of my roommates at the time about it. I lived in a house with a number of women, and she just thought I was so weird. She goes, "What well, you're doing? What you're you're shopping in, in like from the book section? You're bringing jars. Like what are you doing?" Yeah, and it's really ironic because later on, her and her husband converted to zero waste, if you will. was oh, so <laughs>
1: interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, "Ha, I got you." Yeah, yeah. And I was
0: the one like, you know, foraging blackberries in the backyard, and they're like, "Why are you doing that? That's so weird." I'm like, "I'm gonna make you a blackberry pie later on, and, and you're, you're gonna, gonna love it." Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, yeah, that, that, those are a few things that I remember about moving into that. So, it was it was new territory.
1: Yeah. Have you noticed that, especially with it becoming, like, this trendy thing, that there's a lot more products and it's easier now, I guess, than it was back then? I mean, I suppose it's not, like, the easiest thing in the world now, but um, do, you, do, do you find it's a little bit easier with more and more things popping up? You mean as far as products go? I guess, yeah, like, products are just anything, I guess, like explaining it to people? Sure. Yeah. Well,
0: I think that there's more information out there Mm -hmm. and there's so many accounts, particularly on Instagram. So I think that there are enough resources for people to, uh, dive into it. And, you know, it's funny you say, you know, it's not particularly easy. Uh, I think maybe for me, because I've been doing it for so long and I, I just did small steps one at a time. I didn't jump into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember it particularly being hard. Yeah. I mean, I think it was more maybe finding, you know, that things were challenging and how would I figure out this, this switch or this swap. And I, I, I found it to be really empowering and fun. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's, I remember that's something I remember, um, going into it because you know I've uh, since I've been zero waste you know I've like I've left a job and you know was unemployed for a few months and then was employed and you know was single and married and so I've had lots of life experiences while doing it mm-hmm. and I have found that I can keep pursuing it and doing it in ways that make sense in each of those life stages if yeah. that makes sense yeah. so but yes I, I do think that it's That it's much more prevalent, especially online on social media, and I think that people can, um, yeah, can find out about it and and find products that like you know we didn't have when I first started. Um, So I think that's the really cool thing is that there's so many products that, um, you know, if I if I didn't already had something that filled that purpose, I perhaps would have bought just because it you know it's a a fantastic
1: product definitely did you ever try the trash jar thing or do you have one currently
0: no I will say in Seattle magazine, mm. my family was in there uh, in December 2018, and they had me put my trash in a big, late parfait jar. Oh, interesting! I think they wanted the shot, right? Yeah. And then the caption was, "Oh, this is where they keep their trash." I'm like, "We actually
1: don't do that, but right. whatever, it's fine." Yeah, I'm to- I'm totally okay with that. <laughs> I it's think- definitely I feel like the image of the movement everybody thinks of like a trash jar, even though like I've never kept one. Mm-hmm. I tried it for like a week, and then I was like, "I'm over this." <laughs> sure. I mean, I'm gonna
0: try to trash jar actually. I have well you can see it in my house here a big like it's almost like a five gallon cool glass container that I thought hey babe let's you know let's see how how long it takes us to fill this up so that's like but that was an interesting experiment because you can actually see it I mean right now we just have a small um a small trash can but you know and I don't a lot of people knock the uh, the the trash jar mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with it I think that one it's inspiring and it helps people to really understand oh like someone you know can do this and they've worked they they've done the steps and the work to get to this place and obviously it doesn't work for you know everyone depends on where you are what your life circumstances are but I think you know cuz it drew me in and yeah. so I think that it's you know, it can be a, a polarizing, um, you know, thing sometimes. But yeah, I don't have I don't have a problem with it.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I think that, uh, yeah, it's like a visual representation. I think I do want to challenge myself to try like what you were just saying, like see mm-hmm. how long it takes me to fill something or like just just to see how much you collect even over a month. You know, I think that that's a right. good um, just to be aware, Mm -hmm. like a practice. Well,
0: I just did a a trash audit with a couple actually over on the East side. And that was a really interesting experience with them because we're literally going through their trash. I'm like, I'm going to be the Marie Kondo of garbage. (laughs) Like, you know, and they're like, sorry, you're going through our garbage. I'm like, no, this is really fun. We get to see, you know, what changes you've made and Mm -hmm. which ones you can make. So, yeah, I kind of, I kind of geeked out on that. So, what's and,
1: a trash audit? Just for people who might not know. Oh, what sure, that
0: is. it just basically means that you are going through your trash, so not just your landfill trash, but your recycling, and I suppose compost if you have it, to see uh, what you're throwing away and to see if there's anything you can eliminate, if something should be recycled or not recycled, or if it can go on a compost. So it's really just assessing your waste. It's, it's very much like budgeting or making a spending plan. That's the term I prefer. Um, I use a great app called every dollar that's just on my phone and helps me track my spending. Oh, cool. Oh, I need that. (laughs) Yeah. It's fantastic. It's live. So if you're married too or have a partner, um, you both can use the same one. So you each know, you know, how much you've spent. But the point of that being, if you're trying to save money or change your spending habits, you actually have to look at, what you've been spending on the last few months to change what you are going to spend on. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of in that same way. You're just looking at your trash if you're wanting to change some of
1: your habits to and
0: to also change the output.
1: Yeah, especially because like I think sometimes we think of like, oh well, I'm sure the biggest you know cause of my waste or even the biggest thing I was spending on would be X, Y, or Z. But then it's like once you actually look at it, you're yes. like, oh,
0: really? You know, there's exactly. like a different
1: awareness there.
0: Yeah, and you can see. know what's in your trash and you're like oh that that is actually a conscious decision that I'm making or the reason why this is in my trash is because x y and z
1: yeah
0: uh so you don't yeah you you understand why it's there
1: yeah so I think I cut you off when you were explaining your journey with zero waste so you went zero waste in 2010 Mm -hmm. and then how has that evolved over the years I guess that's kind of a broad question, but Mm -hmm. how, um, like you said, you kind of experienced it within different stages of your life and then it obviously led you to starting Seattle Zero Waste. Mm -hmm. So how how did that kind of go down? Mm -hmm. Well, like I said, in
0: slow steps. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting, I met my husband in 2011. So, well, it was shortly after I discovered Bay Johnson's blog, Zero Waste Home, and started to implement these things into my life and so he's walked to this journey with me and has adopted uh many of the practices his first R or he sorry excuse me he loves the first R which is refuse what you do not need mm-hmm. because it well it helps us to un, you know to yeah. say oh we don't need this so um, as far as that um evolution um that's been a really great journey and it's interesting because you know there's certain things that perhaps how would I put this you know, one of us might be more relaxed about it, and one of them, one of us might not be, and so we really help each other along um, that journey of living zero waste. But I really,
1: yeah, I really. Did he take to Zero Waste Living? Like, was he interested in it when you were telling him about it when you met him? And how did he kind of, like, react to that? Or was it more of a, it took him some time to get used to it kind of situation?
0: He was just curious. Oh, yeah. You know, it was, he was just curious because he was getting to know me. And because I was getting to know something else, he yeah. just wanted to know about me. But he thought it was intriguing because, you know, it's not just about fitting your trash in a trash jar it's also about saving time and saving money and thinking about your resources like there's it's just there's so much to it and I think he was really interested in that as well
1: totally yeah so yeah and I'm trying
0: to think back to on the different stages of my life and how it's evolved I I think just because I, I took things step by step and I introduced changes over time yeah um that, that helped me to uh, really dive into it and, you know, um, make it, no pun intended,
1: sustainable. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that one always trips me up. I try, like, I use that word with both meanings <laughs> all the time. And I always have to be like, Whoa, wait, wait, when I say this word, I mean, long term, not necessarily the environment, you know, right, I have to exactly. like, exactly. Kind of like explain to people which one I mean. (laughs) Mm -hmm, For sure. And the thing I like to tell people a lot is in
0: CrossFit, so um, my husband Zach and I do CrossFit. And if you walk into a CrossFit gym and you've never done a pull up before in your life, the coach Mm -hmm. is not going to put you on the bar and tell you to do 30 pull ups. In fact, they're probably going to have you stay off the bar and go on ring rows and really slowly pull yourself up so you can figure out where your shoulders are, what muscles to use. And so you and over time you keep working at it and one day you might jump on the bar and try a pull-up and then eventually you might be able to do one or two or three and then maybe someday you can pump out 20 you know so it's just it's um flexing that muscle over time and really having that discipline and making it part of your
1: lifestyle yeah definitely so if you could talk to somebody who's coming from just a completely you know totally like just regular wasteful life, what would you say are some of the first things that they could do if they're curious about minimizing their waste?
0: Uh, are you talking about swaps or perhaps other yeah. things? Sure, yeah, just anything. I mean, I guess I could just talk about the big ones, right? There's, you know, water bottles, grocery bags. The one I tell the thing I tell people is cloth produce bags. Mm. So people will always, you know, I notice, especially in Seattle, people always have their grocery bags, yeah. you know, the reusable ones, but then they're putting you know, all sorts of produce, including like bananas and oranges right. and plastic bags. So I, I that one's um, an interesting one that people can latch on to. And, you know, perhaps having a few reusables in your car or in your bag, uh, thinking about, you know, what are the things that you consume the most? Like coffee, maybe bringing your own reusable coffee mug. I mean, those, mm-hmm. I mean, lots of people talk about those, but I think those can be some easy switches. Yeah. Um, but an, I also encourage people to just find one swap, you know, one disposable swapped out for a reusable. And sometimes people know what that
1: is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just one at a time. Mm-hmm. Go for it. What have been some of your favorite low-waste swaps so far? I feel like everyone has one favorite that they're like, I can't believe I lived without this. <laughs> it's so I I don't know. Really? For me, it's shampoo bars. I I can't believe I ever used a liquid shampoo. Like, they're just so easy. They're great. They work the same way. Totally. Like, I was very, when I came into Low Waste Living, I was very like, this will never work for me. This is like some hippie stuff. Uh Like, I'm never going to get into this. But I was so shocked at how wonderful they can be after I found one that worked for me which took a while yeah but um yeah I like can't imagine going back to liquid shampoo ever again Well, see I've done both I've done both shampoo
0: bars and then just refill mm-hmm. on on liquid you know I guess like the one thing I don't know if it's really a swap but it's a bamboo spork mm-hmm. but it um it, it, it how do I describe it it actually has like the head of a spoon and a head of a fork together so that it's they're like Siamese twins. They don't. Okay. There's not a handle, but it goes in my pocket. It can go in my wallet. Oh,
1: I've seen those. They're like they're super tiny. Yep. Like yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Those
0: are fantastic because I don't always. I mean, I have full bamboo silverware that I keep, you know, little pouch in my car because yeah. you know I use it actually a lot. But if I, if I forget or I don't have it, I always have that small one in my wallet. To the point where I sometimes forget. Like that's actually one thing I have to work on <laughs> still after almost a decade. Is oh yeah. I'm so prepared sometimes that I forget how prepared I am. that's right. I have a spork in my wallet, and I can take it out and you know avoid this plastic silverware yeah or even compostable silverware right because mm-hmm. it still takes up resources um, and i I know we'll talk about zero waste parenting eventually, but cloth diapers like people kind of talk about being di- addicted to cloth diapers, mm-hmm. but I don't know if that's a swap because I wasn't using diapers before right I didn't have right. children
1: I mean, I guess it's still a swap because yeah. theoretically if you you know, weren't doing zero waste, you would be using them. So right. how do cloth diapers even work? Like I, I'm, they I, work
0: like a dream.
1: Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's literally just a piece of, you wash it afterwards. Like how oh, does you, that go Oh, you actually down? the mechanics. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, We could do an entire <laughs> podcast on this. So okay. let me try to be succinct. So one thing I would say just for people who perhaps just think of like cloth inserts and pins, uh-huh. um, which, before disposable diapers, or diapers, 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 diapers <laughs> uh, that's what people use. I was talking with a woman who has children in their 30s and 40s, mm-hmm. and she was saying when one of them was younger, the way that he would wake her up in the morning is he'd go sit on her face, like, Hi, mom. <sighs> like, but she's like, Mind you, we didn't have the nice waterproof covers. It would just be like a wool or a cotton insert. So it'd be wet. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> she's, she's, she's telling me like this. like that. So technology's come a long way. So, the things
1: we do for our kids.
0: Right. <laughs> so, uh, we've used a number of styles of cloth diapers. So, I'll just tell you about the ones that we've used okay. as an example. So, we've used an all in one diaper, which essentially is a waterproof um, outer cover, and there are cotton inserts that are sewn into the inside. Okay. And it closes with little, like, plastic snaps. So it works very much like a diaper, a disposable diaper, in that it, you know, you pull the two tabs from the back and snap it on the front. There are diapers that have Velcro, which is much more like a a traditional disposable diaper. Um, We've also used pocket diapers, which essentially is, again, the waterproof cover. And then there's a, well, the kind that we had was a microfiber, and so you'd stuff a cloth insert in between those two layers.
1: Okay.
0: Um and, and again it just snaps, you know, like I, I mentioned before. There's ones we're currently using now where it's just a cloth insert. It's called a prefold. Okay. And so you it um you fold it in thirds and then place it inside of a waterproof cover and then snap it into place. But there are a lot of other types uh, out there. Mm-hmm. So you just if you're interested in cloth diapering, you have to kind of figure out what, which one you like. I will give a tip on that. If someone's looking to try out cloth diapering, but they don't know what style they want,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: a consignment store, if there's one close to you or even eBay or Craigslist, wherever you can buy secondhand uh, uh, diapers is great because you can try out different styles for for less. So if it doesn't work out, you can either sell them back to the consignment store or pass them on to someone else who can use them.
1: Yeah, definitely. That's something that I haven't explored yet, but (laughs) I suppose we'll have to at one point. It's interesting though, that a lot of like what you were saying before, like we didn't have plastic diapers before, not that long ago. Like I feel like so many low waste switches are just like, okay, how did my grandparents do this? You know? Oh, for sure. It wasn't around at the time. They didn't have to go food. Mm -hmm. You know, they knew that everything was their responsibility. I think like, it's so interesting that I feel like consumers feel like everything is the store's responsibility. Like they're just these like princesses and like everything is going to be given to them. Whereas like in actuality, the things that we're consuming are our responsibility. It's like the stores are doing a service for us. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like I saw, um, uh, there was a post somewhere. It was like a Facebook video where mm-hmm. one of the big UK grocery store chains is no longer allowing you to you have to bring your own containers if you want anything from the meat or dairy counters. Yeah. Which is awesome. But because it was, it wasn't in a zero waste group that I saw this in all the comments were from people saying it shouldn't be my responsibility to have to bring stuff to put my stuff in. And I was like, that makes no sense. Like you're going to a place that is doing a service for you. You didn't have to grow all this food yourself, right? You're going there to get something. And when we purchase things, they are now ours it's not that the store is doing something for us mm-hmm. or it's not that you know what I mean mm-hmm. it just makes no sense to me we have to kind of like take the we have to realize that like the things that we're bringing into our life have meaning and have purpose and have yes well, I talk about that
0: all the time about mm-hmm. how when you live zero waste you end up well I have a sixth lar to add to Bay johnson's okay. which is relationships because your relationships change not just with people yeah it's not just your friends family business vendors People you come across, your neighbors, but you ha- your relationships change with um, your money, your time, your resources, because you, you're more materialistic in the true sense of the word, right? That you're putting value back into them. Your relationship with nature changes, with God if you believe, and. Uh, and, and I mean basically everything yeah with
1: life mm-hmm. living life so why don't we explain the five sure. R's then to oh, people who I should have said that earlier yeah well it's okay sure do it now so the five R's of the zero waste
0: lifestyle which Bea Johnson writes about in her book zero waste home is refuse what you do not need so trash out starts outside of the home so refusing things outside of the home reduce what you do need so that comes down to our core consumption habits uh, and then reuse what you cannot refuse or reduce. That's kind of the tipping point. So it's really about finding reusable alternatives for disposable options. And then recycle is uh, recycle, which you cannot refuse, reduce, or reuse. Um, and again, recycling is not the answer. It's still a form of waste. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and you end up recycling less, not more. And then finally, rot is compost the rest. So, you know, I'm. I don't need to reinvent the wheel. I really like that philosophy. It, yeah. You know, it's what I've followed the last almost ten years. So that's what I I like to tell people. Yeah,
1: having guidelines too, like that, mm-hmm. kind of makes it super easy. I remember when I first got into it, I was like, every time I was somewhere and there was, you know, a free pen or mm-hmm. even just being in a store, and I was like, I don't need it. I was like, Yeah, I'm following the refuse. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it felt really good, and it also it made sense. You know, it was like, explain to me, it makes sense, it's a rule, mm-hmm. go for it. Well, I'll
0: tell you, I'm sure we'll get to it when we talk more about Zero Waste Parenting, mm-hmm. but I'm in a Buy Nothing group, which if people
1: don't know love about- I love those yeah, so
0: much. Yeah, and it's local, I don't know if you knew this, but it was started by two ladies in on Bainbridge Island. So Bainbridge Island oh, no is idea. like a half hour ferry ride from Seattle. Yeah, so it's a hyper local gifting community and uh, you end up joining a Facebook group that's private and it's uh, geographical. So it's, it's hyper local. So it's just your immediate neighborhood and you give and get things for free. So no trading, no bartering, no selling. And I, I <laughs> many times we'll see on by nothing, the things that people post. I'm like, if only you knew the f- first are like someone would had this huge grocery bag full of like matches that you get from a restaurant,
1: oh, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And so
0: people are like just taking handfuls, but I mean, I even took some too, cause I'm like, well, we use matches for candles and well, we don't buy the aerosol air fresheners for bathrooms. So those are our air fresheners. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, all that to say, yes.
1: Yeah, People can there, refuse. I love, I didn't know about buy nothing until I moved and the things that I've gotten in there are great and every time I need something, it just feels like you're getting to know your neighbors mm-hmm. and you're, yes. anytime that you, know, you can ask for something if you need it, just you know, a lot of people who are saying like, well, I don't have food, you know, does anybody have anything mm-hmm. that's, or even if mm-hmm. I, um, you know, if you have food, that's going to go to waste or and you're leaving for the weekend, like you can give it to someone else so that it doesn't have to go to waste or, uh, you know, that old pair of skis that are sitting in your closet that you're never using, like somebody in your neighborhood can get right. to use them. So, Right.
0: One time someone gave away a, a jar of, um, uh, pickle juice the pickles are gone they someone took it yeah (laughs) that was hilarious but the one thing I would say too is it also um it's not not just the uh the rich giving to the poor if you will like anyone can give a gift so it kind of obliterates that economic level if that makes sense so it doesn't matter uh how much you have or not you can still contribute in that way
1: definitely and I it, it is funny because random things do pop up and it, it like people can use them like every once in a while something pops up that it's like most people would see that as trash but I'm like I could use that mm-hmm. like I could so yeah. use that or I need that totally. or it's something super small where you're like where would I even buy this and then you know it's mm-hmm. you can repurpose something mm-hmm. else so I do want to jump into zero-waste parenting. Please. When you first were diving into that whole idea when you were pregnant with your son, mm-hmm. how did you feel going into that, and how did you kind of like prep for that before everything kind of started and began?
0: So, uh, so to do parenting in a zero-waste Yeah, like what were way? some of the
1: biggest things that you prepped for, other than cloth diapers, Sure. Well... I started collecting baby clothes on Buy Nothing. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> which is also the Buy Nothing group,
0: I feel like is always baby stuff. It, it, tr- it very much yeah. sometimes is. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in our community. So I started to gather things that I knew we'd need, like clothes. I even got some cloth diapers, a few um, uh, baby gear items. Mm-hmm. So I definitely utilized that group. I didn't go crazy because I knew that you know i didn't want to have clothes through four years old so i think we probably had clothes maybe up to nine months or even a year so i started to do that once we got pregnant uh we did craigslist a lot so all of our baby gear that we have except our car seats and our car seat bases were bought secondhand or acquired secondhand um and we we just we told our family and friends, "Hey, we'd love to do a, you know, have a zero waste baby, um, even a minimal or minimalist baby." Mm-hmm. Uh, so, especially when it came up to the baby shower, I had a website called Babylist, which was fantastic because you can put any website link. Onto your baby list. So it's not just Amazon, it's not just Target, it's not just babies or us. Yeah. So we even had options for people to uh give the give of their time so someone could bring a meal or come and clean the house or have a night of babysitting. Oh, I love that. So but we definitely included a whole description in our uh baby shower information that said this is how we want to do it. And actually because I had been collecting things through by nothing and you know some things from a thrift store. We actually didn't have that many things on our registry. Mm-hmm. One because we'd been collecting them and two because we really knew that we didn't need a lot of stuff and yeah. if we really needed it we could fall on a friend or a family member or buy nothing or the great consignment stores that we have locally. Yeah. And because we've been living this way for a while, people just well they kind of assumed anyway, but it was easier for them to understand why we were, uh, trying to do a zero waste baby or even, you know, know, minimalist baby. Mm -hmm. Although I don't, I don't, I mean, minimalism is an interesting topic (laughs) on its own. Like what, how minimalist are you? Like, do you have to have five toys or 50 toys? But anyways, so whatever sparks joy.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: (laughs) So people were really, they really followed our requests um, pretty closely. I mean, obviously you get a few people who, uh, who don't and that's you know some of that things we actually got we'd we'd keep so like oh this actually is great but some things we would bring back Mm -hmm. but I remember one of my best friends saying man I really wanted to buy this you know this really cute outfit but then I remembered oh yeah that's not what they're going for so I spent the money on something else and she was like actually it was a really good experience because I knew that this is what you'd want and this is what you need
1: yeah Yeah, I do find it's it's funny because whenever you look at registries for weddings or for babies all the time There's things on there that's like this person is not going to need that They're just filling their registry with things to fill their registry with things sometimes right and uh, it can get excessive So did you guys do a lot of like secondhand toys? How did you kind of deal with that because that's an interesting one for me because I do feel like there's a lot of waste in toys because you know, right parents will buy anything to for their kids to kind of I don't know, mm-hmm. occupy them or sure. when they're asking for something to get them to shut up. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So, we, again, because we asked for secondhand stuff, mm-hmm. actually, I didn't mention that, did I? On our registry, we said we'd love if, if you have stuff, whether that's clothes or toys, uh, you know, feel free to gift those to us because yeah. one, it's helpful because it, it's aligned with our values, but it also saves. The gift giver, money. Yeah, right. I got a bunch of hand-me-down clothing from my cousin, whose kids are, I think, a year older than Wesley, and like that was her gift. I'm like, that's all. It's almost a gift to her because she doesn't have to go out. She she's saving time. She doesn't have to go to the store. She's not spending money. And it's it's kind of fun to say, yeah, my cousin's kids wear these clothes. Now mm-hmm. my kid is, and actually, my other cousin gave me her stash of cloth diapers because her two girls were. We're done with them. I, I started crying oh. <laughs> because, but it was such a sweet gift because yeah. that represented a lot of money to us, right? Yeah. Like, because cloth diapers on their own, like save they save money over time. They might be a little more expensive upfront, but they save time. They save money. It's your baby's first major uh, footprint environmental footprint and mm-hmm. so I think that that's part of the reason Well, hormones too that's part of the reason yeah. why I was um why I broke down a little bit so back to toys you have, I we I think I bought like one new toy which was a green toys have you heard of this company
1: no it's not. so I
0: think they're out of California they only make their toys out of recycled milk jugs
1: oh cool. so it's a
0: food safe plastic and they again they only use recycled milk jugs to make their product and they don't use any any other materials so at the end of the toy's life it can well hypothetically be recycled I mean we all know that or well yeah at least in the zero waste community we are aware of the very low percentage rate of plastic being recycled but they are uh, using a resource that's already there and mm-hmm. putting out beautiful toys. So I think I bought one new because um, my son was, is very, very into cars. But then I like to get them from, if I buy green toys, which is really the only plastic secondhand toy I'll buy, mm-hmm. I'll buy it from the thrift store, the consignment store, and throw it in the dishwasher to sanitize it. Um, but other than that, I've found lots of really great wooden toys at the consignment stores, at garage sales, uh from buy nothing. So I would say, I'm looking around at the toys that we have here. I I, I joke with my friends that you should try to walk around our house and find something that we actually bought new because we really just like, well, I really like buying secondhand. So I hope, does that answer the question Yeah, definitely.
1: So I didn't even think about the sanitary factor of getting things secondhand. So you just throw things in the dishwasher usually to- well, I guess not everything, but some things. Yeah,
0: if it's plastic, that's an easy one. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's an easy one. But for wood toys, I'll just wash them maybe with some dish soap and then spray them with some water and white vinegar mm-hmm. to help uh, sanitize them. But yeah. uh, I mean, most I I I know most of the places that they're coming from, you know. So, but yeah, that's 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 how I do it.
1: Yeah. And then speaking of dishwashers, what yeah. do you use as detergent how does that work because i actually we don't use our dishwasher sure my roommate and i we just hand wash so Mm -hmm. i haven't gotten there yet (laughs) i've used a number
0: of things i've used hand uh or homemade stuff i've used yeah i've used a lot but the one that we found now that's easy and actually wesley can help um do chores now it's it's a brand called if you care which i think is the funniest name Mm -hmm. like if you care you will use this product (laughs) but i will tell you that it that 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 company they put out some really great products very minimal packaging uh, but it their little um, dishwasher tablets that come in a little uh, I't I don't I don't know what it's made out of but it's it dissolves mm-hmm. in the water and so it goes in the little container and yeah. and it or comes in a, mm-hmm, it comes in a tiny cardboard box so I, I think I learned about it from a few other zero wasters on Instagram, and they had kids and said, this is really, it's easy for us to use, and we can buy a big quantity of it for the year, and it doesn't take up a lot of space, yeah. so that's yeah. working for us right now.
1: Yeah, things like that, too. It definitely helps to have some sort of, like, community mm-hmm. with, Yes. Yeah. Have you thought about how, as your son gets older, or all of, both of your children, mm-hmm. um, as I get older, how you're going to kind of, like, explain low waste living to them I mean I suppose they're gonna grow up you know surrounded by it so it'll just be normal to them but especially I think like you know when kids go to birthday parties or you know and they see other kids doing things have you thought about how they're gonna react to that at all
0: yeah I've thought about how they're gonna react particularly at yeah things like birthday parties and all that I Mm -hmm. think I mean if I were to answer your question and you kind of already touched on it is that I uh, my method or our method would be to teach through what we do so, yes, Wesley and our daughter will grow up in a household where we refuse things. We're using reusables. Like I remember getting his first haircut, and there I think I refused like six things. There was a balloon, a certificate for a kid's first haircut, uh-huh. um, a lock of his hair, and maybe a, a few other things. And I just kept saying, no, he doesn't need that. No, he doesn't need that. And they looked at me kind of funny, but I said he doesn't need it. Yeah. Uh, and when we go to restaurants for takeout, we'll put things in a tiffin which is a little stackable metal container that we put our yeah our takeout in and so now he's at the point where he's saying wesley do it so he wants to carry the tiffin so Mm -hmm. i think over time that he'll just see that but to your point about birthdays i I don't know i guess i haven't thought about the exact wording i would say Mm -hmm. um uh I'd probably try to tell him a little bit about refusing and why we wouldn't do it. Um, maybe teach him when he's older about what balloons do. Yeah. Right. Like, um, cause I just learned this recently that when a regular, uh, balloon, um, is released and goes up into the sky when it, When it pops, it doesn't pop into pieces. It kind of pops into what looks like a jellyfish. So Mm -hmm. especially in, you know, we're on the water, on the ocean, that falls into the ocean, it looks like a jellyfish and things eat it. And so trying to educate him and not, you know, doing it in a way that's age appropriate, but also helping him to understand this is what happens when we do things to animals and to our environment. Mm -hmm. Because I think that's powerful.
1: Yeah, I think too, it'll be interesting to see how like the generation of kids right now grows up and how Mm -hmm. it's talked, like the climate is talked about in just in school or just in life in general, because obviously it's going to be a lot more of an issue. So I would think that there probably wouldn't even be an issue there. I think like most people will be aware of it. Well, you're right. And I'll I'll give you an example
0: that shows you're right. We have some friends who have kids in elementary school Mm -hmm. and they are learning about like plastics in the ocean and things like that. And so they'll come home and tell their parents about what they're learning. Yeah. And you know, their parents are conscious, but they're not, they're not zero waste. Yeah. I mean, they know about zero waste because of, of me, but like, Oh yeah. You know, our daughter is, is, is telling us about plastics and what it's doing and all these different things that. So, so yeah, they're just learning that in schools and then they're telling parents. And so I think that, yes to your yeah. point it's going to be it
1: almost makes like kids are are uh, they're bringing that like new wave of education into the household and then getting yep. parents to make changes exactly yeah it'll be like you know the aggressive teenagers who are like mad at their parents for doing something wasteful instead of mad at their parents for I don't know <laughs> not liking current <laughs> but, music yeah <laughs> that would be a dream totally yeah um so okay just looking back at my questions mm-hmm. um how did you start Seattle Zero Waste through Instagram
0: really Mm -hmm. okay Instagram has an ugly underbelly but it also has a great Mm -hmm. great capacity to make connections and community so I think I got on Instagram probably a little late 2015 2016 I can't remember and my co-founders so Stacy Strickland Catherine Strauss and Lexi Ashley uh, well, I think Stacy and Kat had commented on a few of my posts and mm-hmm. I realized they were local. And then I found Lexi because she had a blog. So I reached out to Lexi and Stacey and Kat had reached out to me. So I ended up meeting with them. I remember Stacy saying to me, she goes, so well, first question she had once we met at this at this pizza place. She goes, how many trash cans do you have in your house? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So that was really funny. And then we're like, she's like, yeah, I was telling my friends I'm going on a blind date. (laughs)
1: it kind of is when you meet people yeah Yeah.
0: from instagram yeah so um anyway so i was like oh i had met all of them individually i said let's all meet together so the four of us were just meeting together for a while and then at some point we said why don't we invite other people into what we're doing yeah because we were talking about zero waste sustainability and we put an ask on our personal instagram accounts in 2017 june so we just celebrated our to your birthday and two people showed up and we're like oh let's do it again yeah and i this is a funny part of the story too the next month only three people showed up and that was the three out of the four of us <laughs> but we're like whatever we're just gonna keep doing it yeah. and we just kept meeting every month since then and we had our biggest meetup at eco collective which is a zero waste store in ballard mm-hmm. how we got connected yeah uh that was 54 people 56 if you count the dog and the bun in my oven, but <laughs> yeah, so we've, we've, we have an average of about like 20, sometimes 30 people per month. Um, yeah. and now we've, we have a Facebook group that's booming. We're almost at 2000 people. And it's, if you want to learn about zero waste, whether you live in Seattle or not, we, I sw- there are at least 15, sometimes 30 questions going up it seems like that anyway. Mm-hmm. Each day um, that people are asking very specific things about zero waste, and so we got our own Instagram account, got a website. We actually brought in Baya Johnson. Uh, oh, I saw that.
1: That was like right after I moved here. I remember seeing that on mm-hmm. Instagram and being like, "Whoa, this is so cool!" Yeah.
0: Well, uh, Stacy just emailed her because uh, through her job, she um, could bring her in to do some to do a, a speaking gig at her. Uh, company as well mm-hmm. but then we had our own seattle zero waste event um of 200 people which we could have we could have done more but uh we were a grassroots volunteer community so we at some point had to say what are we comfortable with with being you know being responsible financially and mm-hmm. what can we actually fill so who knows maybe we'll bring her back someday so yeah. yeah that was a big highlight for us we were all fangirling in the in the background yeah and, uh, I, I tell this story too. I introduced her and I walked off the stage and she goes, you're a really good speaker. And I said, I can die now. I'm okay. I, I have, my life is complete. Yeah. Like the that's God. all I, need. yeah, our Lord and savior, <laughs> Beah Johnson, my zero <laughs> hero. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, how did you, where did you have the first one? Was it just at like a, Oh, the meetup? Yeah. It was at a PCC, the oh, Green okay. Lake village PCC. Mm-hmm. So for, for those of you who aren't from the Pacific Northwest, it's like a grocery store. How did you do that in, in there? Oh, you can. There's just like a. Is there a seating area? There is. So this particular location
0: has a, uh, a community area where there's a kitchen. So they do classes. So PCC does a lot of cooking classes. I've taken a knife skills class there, and so there's tables and chairs that you can move around, and there's a microwave, and you know, so it's nice because you can bring in uh, food and drink, and then you just have to clean up afterwards. So we did a few there. But now we've grown to the point where we know that we need to have somewhere where there's food available to order Mm -hmm. and drinks and all ages. Well, PCC, of course, is all ages. But now we have different criteria. Now that we have more people coming and we, you know, we um, anticipate growth too. So
1: yeah, very exciting. Mm -hmm. So do you guys book? You like rent a space now at this point? We
0: reserve. We don't right now. Our meetups are free. Mm -hmm. So we might get to the point where. We do need to find a venue that maybe costs a little money, so perhaps yeah. participants would pay 3 or $5. But right now, we just choose uh, venues that we can reserve for free where we can order separate tabs, again, where it's all ages. And so we try to make it as accessible to everyone as possible. So, yeah, we've mostly been at restaurants and breweries.
1: Nice. So if somebody in their area wants to start something similar, because I think, like, it it makes such a big difference, which I would like to ask you as well, like a little bit of what the community has brought and changed in your journey. Um, But if somebody wants to start something in their area, how would you recommend they go about doing that? Mm -hmm. I
0: just did a podcast on uh, a hippie in a van. Mm -hmm. So if you want a really full a fuller answer you can go check that out uh but it's the hippie haven podcast is the is the name of it but if someone wanted to start one i would say well if if you want to do it just do it better done than perfect right yeah Uh, but i would say it's more fun and can be easier and also at the same time more challenging with people Mm because of course you're working with a team. But if there's people that you know that are like-minded and are interested in meeting other people and just wanting to connect and say, hey, we're not the only weirdos in this town that are doing this, just go for it and see what it evolves into. Right. I mean, that's what we did. We just, we were a few of us were meeting to talk about a common issue and like, Hey, we should, yeah, we should
1: see if other people want to do it. Mm Mm-hmm um okay I have a few questions I ask people on Instagram about like sure. just because because I'm not a parent I don't necessarily have yeah I was like what do I even ask I, I don't know how this I don't even know how parenting works uh one of them that I really remember was just asking about trash in general like do you guys have a trash can and if you do I do find it funny I get a lot of questions about what kind of trash bags I use which is An interesting question. Sure. I guess yeah. What do you have a trash can, and what do you use? Oh, sure.
0: We do. We have a few trash cans. They're small, like the the, I don't know, like a coffee, like a coffee can size, maybe a little bigger.
1: Okay. And almost uh, like the ones I think they're like usually meant for bathrooms. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
0: That's what we use. So we do have plastic bags come into our life through different ways. Like we get you know some arugula or loose greens in our CSA box. So CSA free people that don't know, it's community-supported agriculture. So it's... What's that? uh, Have you not heard of it? No. Oh. So you... Basically, a farm gets people to sign up uh, to get a box of produce for a particular time frame. So we get our produce or our food from River Run Farm. It's up in Squim, Washington. Okay. And so we just started it a few weeks ago. This is our second year, but they... They're, they run I think um, uh, six months out. I can't anyways I, my mind is blanking but anyways it runs for a certain amount of months and so we go to our neighborhood association and pick up a box of produce um, and that and that's how it works so yeah. community supported agriculture means that there's a group of people supporting local agriculture through saying, okay, we're we're paying up front to have this food delivered to us. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So you're directly
1: supporting that farm as well and they know that the money is coming in, which helps, right? Right.
0: Well, and we pay up front. Right. So, and it actually ends up being, I think, cheaper and also it's more convenient because you're like... We have all the produce that we need for the week. We still go to the farmer's market every week because we love it. And there's a few things that we need that don't come in the CSA box. Right. So, anyways, that's a CSA. It's fantastic. Cool. Check it out. I think they're even running a like 30% off special for like nursing and pregnant moms. Nice. So, like, they, they can do those types of things. Yeah. So, where was I? Oh, okay. Oh, plastic bags. Mm-hmm. So, sometimes they'll send, uh, you know, certain leafy greens in a plastic bag. And I've actually talked to them about it and they're like, we've tried non-plastic methods, but they're not as good. So they, yeah. anyways, they're a little frustrated that there wasn't a better option. But so what we do is we use that to line our trash can. And one thing I would say is some people talk about using like newspaper as a, as a trash liner. Mm-hmm. And while I think that's, you know, a great idea, actually putting your trash in a bag and tying it when it gets collected actually prevents it like the loose pieces of garbage from flying out into the environment Mm -hmm. when it gets put into the garbage truck, if that makes sense. I actually
1: was just talking about this with summer and we were talking about too, how like, I mean, paper has a higher, uh, resource imprint than making plastic a lot of the time. And so, yeah. And again, like if you don't have it tied, then things just fall out and end up somewhere or in an animal. And, uh, yeah, uh, just using like a plastic bag that you already have. Well, right. And if you already have it, I mean, I tell people too, they're like, what do I do? Because
0: some people still buy uh, uh, bread, like mm-hmm. sliced bread in the plastic yeah. bags. Yeah. And I say, well, maybe you could transition to a you know a paper uh, bag or maybe get one loose if you have that available to you. But if you have a dog, use your plastic bag to pick up your dog's poo. Or you're probably going to see plastic bags around your neighborhood. Yeah. Use that to pick up your dog's poo. Yeah. But anyways, the advantage of having a smaller trash can is that you can use those plastic bags as that. And we even get you know plastic bags um, from our Buy Nothing group. Like people will put the item that I'm yeah. being gifted in it, and so I just save those because I either use them as trash liners or I'll use them to put something that I'm giving away. In a bag to have someone pick up.
1: Right, right, yeah. I think like just getting nifty with whatever you have, like, because I think, I mean, not all of us are creating zero waste. Like, there's going to be a bag somewhere, whether it's outside that you find or whether it's like something that you're still buying. Like, getting inventive with it rather totally. than like going out there and buying new bags. Well, and I would say too. I've even gotten things on Buy
0: Nothing. Like, I've got um, baby wash in a plastic bottle yeah I mean I I looked at the ingredients to make sure it was okay washing my baby with it but I was like it's a resource that someone's giving away I'm gonna use it because it saves me money and then I'll fill it up like later on at the you know with something else whether it's a homemade something or maybe soap from the the bulk bins Mm -hmm. and it's already comes in a nice convenient non-breakable pump so
1: yeah. you know thinking again thinking about your resources yeah definitely yeah that you there's so many things that you can get secondhand that are technically like a wasteful item right but like you are putting them to use rather than them ending up in a landfill that definitely makes a difference for yep. sure um i do remember seeing questions too about like affording to eat and like what are some like less expensive ways that you can do things if you are trying to buy things package free, which I find is interesting because I've actually noticed that my bill is lower because I'm not buying like the fun things in the middle of the grocery store, like all of the products. Um, but what are some tips that you have other than a CSA box, I guess? (laughs) Sure. So for a family? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh,
0: that's a good question. Well, can I talk about... I'm thinking of kids' foods right now, yeah, actually. Yeah, sure. yeah. So one thing that I've done is made my own baby food, baby purees. Mm-hmm. And it actually is super easy. I mean, it might not be easy for someone else. Just because I say it doesn't mean it's easy for someone else. But basically what you do is cut up your vegetable or even fruit. Mm-hmm. So we did a lot of like uh, carrots uh, you know, applesauce, pear sauce. So we just, you know, roughly chop them up, put them in a pot, fill it up with water just so it's covering it Mm -hmm. and then cook it for like 20 minutes or boil it for 20 minutes. And then we use an immersion blender, which is the one kitchen item that I just, I could not live without. It's, I use it almost every day. What's
1: an immersion blender?
0: It, uh, it, so there's two pieces it's there's a motor that you hold okay like it's like um hand size and then you snap in the blender piece okay and so it just looks like a long oh thing. I've seen those yeah. and
1: you just sort of like put them into like a bowl or a vase kind of what I
0: would well <laughs> what I found at the thrister actually was um a metal um uh, you, uh, if you go to like an ice cream shop and people or the person makes you a. a a milkshake Mm -hmm. it's that metal cup that's a perfect size and it's tall so it doesn't splot everywhere so I would put the boiled or cooked produce in there and then just blitz it and I could literally like make you know a, a batch of baby food while I was making dinner and so then I would put it in four ounce freezer safe canning jars and then I would either use a piece of masking tape or just write directly on the glass with permanent marker because that can actually just be rubbed off Mm -hmm. and it would last us for a really long time so that's one thing that I'm thinking of for babies that's like um, uh, that works and we also found uh, some reusable kid pouches so, you know, it's like a plastic, you know, pouch. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it has a little like, almost like a Ziploc bag, um, a conductor like, thing at the top, yeah, yeah, whatever yeah, like closes the, it. The zippy part yeah, of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sometimes words don't come out well. And then uh, it had a little spout and Wesley would happily eat it out of there. So that eliminates those little food pouches. Right. And I found those to work really well. Uh, but yes, I would agree with you that overall your spending goes down because there mm-hmm. are certain things I will say that yes, cost more money, but because you're spending less over overall, I mean, that's not just food. That's, uh, household products, personal care products. So one thing we've just, we've figured out is what we will eat and what we won't. And again, back to my mom, you know, she was the master at, um, using up all the food we had she's like i just i hate food waste mm-hmm. and so i think i just learned from her how to be creative and sometimes you just literally have to look in the refrigerator and say what can i make out of this it might take a few minutes but um i just got really good at that so definitely I don't know if that's answering and I do the question find it's
1: something that i've done to kind of like eliminate my food waste is like if i do have things left over like you can kind of just make food up you know mm-hmm. nothing has to be like a set recipe you can just kind of like yep toss it together it's it's food, right exactly. <laughs> if that makes sense. But yeah. And I would say too, we've
0: um, we we aren't hundred percent plant-based or 100 percent vegan. We do eat some animal products, but we've really cut down how much we eat. Mm-hmm. and that again saves money and saves on packaging. like the things that we still buy sometimes you know, from the farmers' market, for instance, because we want to support local and it's um, better practices than the industrial, um, system is like uh, animal products are generally wrapped in plastic. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing that we've done. And we eat like a lot of beans. We get beans from the farmer's market that are actually fresher than the store-bought ones. So we'll add that to soups and different things. And Wesley will just eat beans plain. Um, so that, that helps, that helps it. And even adding rice to meals helps to extend it. Um, we'll get things like orzo, which is a grain and put, you know, arugula and, you know, chopped tomatoes in there and make a nice, like fresh salad. So, uh, thinking of, yeah, things that can be extended.
1: Yeah, definitely. When you guys do your groceries, do you typically, you just do a farmer's market every week kind of situation? We, we get the bulk of our stuff from the farmer's market. Mm-hmm. We do supplement with PCC
0: cause it's really close to us, but we, yeah, we get Uh, the vast majority of our food from the farmer's market.
1: Yeah. Nice. And speaking of like after baby food status, like Uh what have you been doing, I guess, to maintain a low waste with doing just conventional meals? Have you kind of just like made smaller versions of what you guys are eating or? Mm -hmm. Well, it depends on what he
0: is in the mood for, right? right? Sometimes now he's getting a little older, so he's getting a little pickier. Uh, a lot of times, well, we always offer him what we're having just so he can have new flavors. Uh, right now, he kind of defaults to like carrots, steamed carrots, steamed sweet potatoes. Right now, it's berry season. So mm-hmm. he has learned the words strawberry, but it's <laughs> fra <fra-berry laughs> or rav-berries. And we have golden raspberries, too. So that's a cute one. More golden raspberries. berries. It's, oh, I mean, I wish I could get him on the mic and say it. Yeah. If he wakes up. Yeah, maybe if we, he wakes up. Yeah, Wesley can make Chime a cameo in. on the podcast. <laughs> so um, fruits, just um, fresh fruit. Like I said, beans. He, he likes cheese. So he gets cheese um, once in a while. We don't buy a lot of it. We can actually get some, again, package free at our farmer's market. So um, that's nice, but we'll still buy it you know, once in a while in plastic uh, just because he'll eat it. And then he has, he likes eggs. um, But we don't buy a lot of processed foods. Mm, mm -hmm. I mean, really, when I think about it, I mean, I just bought a thing of goldfish the other day, um, like the crackers. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is, like, maybe the second, like, small bag that I've bought since he's been alive. Because I, like, had a meeting one night and then was, like, we were – um at a friend's place where we had to take a ferry to go visit her the next day. And I just hadn't thought through all of the meals. Yeah. And so I didn't have snacks. And I was like, where were we were at, that's basically all there was, that in an orange. So I'm like, well well, I'll get that and then take off the paper off of the, you know, the package of goldfish and I mean, I'm geeking out. This is like way far (laughs) down on your way far down your zero waste journey. You're going to be thinking about how can you at least divert the waste that you do, (laughs) you do, uh, create. So yeah, we don't buy cereal. I mean, we've done it really when we have bought like snack foods, like, you know, like little cracker bunnies or Mm -hmm. cereal. It's been when we, when we've been on a trip and it's just a little bit more convenient where we can't, you know cook up something for him. Yeah. So it just kind of helps to supplement um you know, the, the, the whole foods that we give him. And he likes yeah. bread, loves bread. So that's an easier Same. one too. <laughs> yeah. Like doesn't everyone? <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: I have two questions that kind of come off yeah. of that one. So how do you, what do you kind of default to if you don't prepare or cause I mean, preparing is a big part of doing zero waste. And how would you recommend, uh, that people go about doing things if maybe they don't have a lot of time to prepare or, um, you know, mm-hmm. have a full day and every once in a while. Even I find myself in these situations where I'm like, oh, shoot, I really did not plan this well.
0: Right. Well, I would say, well, don't be afraid of preparation, like preparing food, because mm-hmm. the more you do it, the quicker it's going to get.
1: Definitely. Right.
0: So I would say, you know, to, to practice that, and I even said once, you know, there's, there's, a, you know we have, there's a lot of food delivery companies out there where they, you know, give you the food and you prepare it and they give you a menu. Some right. are more plastic-laden than others. But there, there was one that someone gifted us when we first had Wesley. And it had very minimal packaging, or at least most of it could be composted, which I was like, they, they know me. They know <laughs> us. Um, but what I found was the, the meals were really, really good. And I said, if someone wanted to learn how to cook, like if they never knew how to prepare or cook a meal, like you could start with something like that just to get an idea and do it for a few months and then try going out and buying out on your own. Right. Yeah. So there's that aspect of it. But I think, let's see, because I, I mean, I come across this like I'm a, I'm a full time parent, mm-hmm. but I also do a lot of other things, too. Like sometimes I feel like I'm working this really full-time job with like other part-time jobs with Seattle zero waste and other volunteering things I have going on. So I don't sit at home cooking all day, you know, either. So I think just having some maybe bulk snacks that you have just to help you, um, that get something in your system. Cause a lot of times for me, I'm just so ravenous Mm -hmm. that I'm like, we'll just go out to eat or we'll go and yeah, like, I'm just going to go get a bag of chips and a, tub of guacamole and yeah. eat it for dinner
1: definitely and, happened to me before when you're yeah you're mm-hmm. just out and you're so hungry and you're like i literally can't do anything else right now right just Can't. <laughs> yeah
0: so i think having something that can at least like bring your you know you put something in your system so you can think a little straighter mm-hmm. sometimes that's just enough to give you a boost to be like all right i can make some pasta and you know put you know something on like even if it's just butter. Or, olive oil, if you yeah. know, you don't eat butter, yeah, like something that's, you know, quick. Um,
1: yeah, no, pasta is usually like my go to because it's so easy. You literally yeah. just have to put a pot on. Yeah, yeah. And throw it in there. <laughs>
0: yeah. So I guess I'm rambling, but all that to say, just have some snacks to help you like maybe get get over that edge because a lot of times once you have that energy, mm-hmm. you'll be able to make something quick. And at the end of the day, too, like if you go out to eat, like maybe just choose a restaurant that had you know, that maybe you can get something in your own container right like there's ways to if you want something immediately Mm -hmm. like bring your own container and if they won't fill up your container just have them um put it on a for here plate and then you can scrape it into your to-go container go home put your pajamas on and like eat it one watch tv yeah so i hope that
1: yeah no definitely a little bit and then what is a typical day for with food look like for wesley then i guess Mm mm-hmm Like, what are some meal ideas that people could incorporate more low waste? Because I think a lot of people are just used to, you know, taking things out of the freezer section, and at least that's how I grew up. Mm -hmm. Um, Or, you Mm -hmm. know, just, like, convenient foods in the middle of the grocery store. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, I'm thinking through his normal day. He usually has one egg, one scrambled egg. He'll have, like, a slice of bread uh, with maybe peanut butter, almond butter on it. Uh, We don't give him, right now, like, a lot of stuff with sugar. So we don't do sugary cereals. He doesn't drink milk. Um, so we've been doing pancakes lately. So I've blended up some strawberries. So just the strawberry, no added sugar or anything and put that on top. And he really likes it. And then he'll maybe he'll have a snack like mid morning. So maybe, you know, banana or like part of an apple like I said, sometimes he has cheese. And then for lunch and dinner, it kind of just depends on what we've got. Like I said, a lot of steamed vegetables, um, beans. Like I like soup all year round. And so uh, I think that adds a lot of flavor to the food. So he'll like to eat like the potatoes or the carrots or, you know, whatever is in the soup. Mm-hmm. Um, out, But he's he's a pretty simple eater.
1: Yeah. Nice. We are over an hour already. Wow. Um, Oh, are we? Yeah. I'm like trying to think I'll maybe check Instagram really quickly because sure. there were a few really good questions. In yeah. I, I'm interested in these. Yeah. Again, I'm like not a parent. So I was like, I don't know what, <laughs> what even goes on. Okay. Let's see. Um, what are some Holy grail products for moms and kids?
0: I would say at least for us, we've really liked the, Pura stainless uh, bottle, mm. so it has. Oh, I've heard of these. Yeah, they're fantastic. Yeah, uh, they have you know metal rim that you can pop in and out different things. So you can have the baby nipple, a sippy cup spout, uh, a, a a straw, or like a kind of like the um, camelback straws. You know where you bite it and then suck through. Um, Suck the water up. But then you can even put in like a little cap, a little silicone cap, so it can become a snack container. Mm -hmm. And there's even a water bottle attachment. So I'm like, literally, this child will have this bottle until he goes to college. Yeah, I've heard there's supposed to be
1: like help grow with the kid like they hit every stage yeah they I mean they
0: do it's not a double walled stainless steel so it does get dinged and dented so you might have to like take a hammer to the bottom (laughs) if it like starts to you know wobble a little bit but uh, we really love those and there's a little silicone sleeve that you can remove on the actual bottle Mm -hmm. Um, so it's lightweight so when it's full of water you know baby can still or kiddo can still like one handed you know um uh take a drink of water. Cause like glass is great, but it's also heavy. Yeah. So, and also this is not necessary for everyone, but we also, we, I didn't mention this, but we actually have always used cloth wipes as well. In addition oh, to cloth. There diapers. was a lot of questions about those.
1: Yeah. How do those work?
0: <laughs> oh, um, really simple actually. So one thing that I bought that again, not everyone needs it or would have the, you know, would want it was I found a cloth wipe warmer at the consignment store. And I was like, Mm. I'm going to try that. And actually when I did some research, basically it said like it's helpful to prevent diaper rash. And also you just have warm, wet wipes always available. Yeah, And it's interesting when we're out on the, um, out and about in our diaper bag, I keep a plastic squirt bottle that I actually got when I had Wesley like it's um what do you call it a, a per- perennial water bottle anyways any sort of squirt bottle will do and I spray that water on the cloth wipes when we're out and about to like make them wet yeah so to have a, an essentially a wet wipe but when I use the cold water Wesley kind of he knows it's cold because it's like ooh kind of wakes you up in the morning right yeah <laughs> so all that to say that was one thing that we really liked but yeah I mean cloth wipes I mean you use them like a regular wet wipe but you just put it into your uh, diaper pail bin and mm-hmm. then it just goes in the wash with the diapers and we've we've only I think I don't think we've ever well, wet wipe we've used wet wipes but it was because someone gave them to him to us and we're like well we'll use them yeah we'll use them up so they're when, easier you, than you think. when you
1: wash them, do you wash them on their own? I mean, I guess you'd probably get like a full load before you wash anyways, but like just the diapers go in together?
0: Uh, the diapers and the cloth wipes go in together. Yeah,
1: and then nothing else. Uh, yes,
0: that will we have the wet bag, the big wet bag that all the diapers and the uh, wipes go in throughout mm-hmm. the day. Mm-hmm. And then if we go out anywhere, we um, bring wet bags with us. So the soiled diapers and soiled wipes go in there. So that all goes together. And yeah. we do wash... Um, uh, once a night.
1: Okay. Yeah. That's helpful. Um, yeah. Cause I hope that's helpful for people. Cause I remember seeing a bunch of them of people being like, I'm scared to try the reusable wipes. <laughs> oh, they're, they're, they're not
0: scary. Yeah. Here's the thing. Like, I don't, I don't know why they're scary, but if someone's like, Oh, I got poop and I have to walk.
1: Like yeah. if you're a little afraid of poop, you're in the wrong profession. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. We all do it. You know, they're yeah. just humans. They're just small humans. Yeah. Um,
0: okay oh oh and i would say too another Mm -hmm. if you have cloth diapers um what's called a spray pal have you heard of this no so um it's like i don't even know how to describe it it's this plastic thing that's like it almost it's like a clipboard yeah and it has two like plastic flaps that but or that snap in the front and so you you put your um your poopy diaper you clip it in Uh and then you put that like you know, in the toilet or put it down in there. And then you have a, um, a cloth diaper sprayer. So you spray the, the poop off the diaper, yeah. right? The, the sprayer is connected to the toilet. So it has like a, a, it has water and water pressure. Uh, and you, yeah, you spray it clean so that you're not putting a completely, you, cause you don't want to put a completely poopy diaper in the, in the washing machine. Like it won't get clean. So you spray it off that way, but the, the it's a shield is how is really the word I'm looking for it's a shield that keeps the poopy water spray from going everywhere that is so cool yeah
1: yeah because yeah I don't want to put the whole thing in if I don't have to yeah put it in the toilet um I actually did just see a question about would love to know more about balancing doing more laundry in parentheses rags with not using paper towels so I think she's talking about yeah just having to ha- always having dirty towels. I feel like with me, mm-hmm. we don't use I mean we use the same one over and over. So we don't actually have that many. Oh, the same rag. Yeah. Yeah. But we're also only two people. Yeah. I mean, we I mean, like
0: Yeah, we, we don't have a kid. Right. <laughs> Why well, um I mean, I guess you just get used to it. We, I don't do the kitchen laundry every single day. Maybe I should because it's, you have wet rags sitting around, Mm -hmm. but uh, we have a speed cycle or a speed wash on our uh, washing machines. So uh, when I do do it almost every day, it just, it's, you know, less water, less time. It's really quick. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it saves time overall. And we have to remember too that resources like paper towels, which we're replacing, like That still requires water to make Mm -hmm. and it requires gas to, you know, transport it and you have to go pick it up or it has to be delivered to you. So as far as resources go, and I'm not sure if that's the exact question, but, uh, like I think overall you end up, at least in my mind, you end up using a little less.
1: Paper towel theoretically is grown or used from like a full grown tree, right? Right. So it requires a lot of water and time and land yeah uh to grow said tree and yeah the transportation like who knows where it's even being grown yeah yeah so
0: yeah i would say it's just yeah maybe do it at speed wash
1: yeah how many cloth diapers should you have that's a good question you can actually
0: go online to a lot of different cloth diaper companies and they'll give recommendations for each age group because Mm -hmm. it, it changes as they get older so basically you will use less as they get older Right. So I would go online to a cloth diaper company and maybe compare notes. When I did my research, it was about the same, um, uh, about the same amount per of diapers per age group. But yeah, go to those resources and then it'll give you a good amount. And I, I think I remember buying maybe like two or three more extra just in case because I was yeah. that made me feel better.
1: Yeah, definitely. What are a few activities you do with the kids, mm-hmm. with Wesley.
0: So lots of walks he loves to walk Mm. loves to walk uh we'll go on stroller rides when i was not big and pregnant we would go for runs um we did some community based programs so we did jamboree. we tried jamboree and like that for a time um now we're gonna try maybe some something else but anywhere where you anywhere where you can get where there are other kids Mm -hmm. so whether that's a community uh community place like um like a park or an indoor space especially if they're free I go just go bring your kid out there and you know let them run around and have some fun with other kids yeah
1: um I don't know if this one kind of is like what we were talking about before with the mm-hmm. bottles but uh somebody says baby bottles that are glass scare me and metal ones will hurt them with heat and or cold so what do you do do they get do the metal ones get really hot
0: I'll, get really that cold? person's probably thinking of what, if if you're doing formula, oh, but you're not supposed to have a scorching hot uh, formula right. anyway. So right. when you do formula, it's supposed to be warm, like it's supposed to be warm to the touch, like of the inside of your wrist. Yeah.
1: So what did you do for baby bottles, or did you just get them secondhand?
0: We found some glass ones secondhand, and then also bought like the the stainless ones. Off of offer up or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we we never had a problem with the heating up portion. I I breastfed Wesley, although there was a time where we had to supplement with formula for a time, and we found that Life Factory bottles, which are glass, worked fine. The thing is, there's lots of fantastic sleeves, mostly silicone, that. Uh, that that helped to prevent the bottles from breaking we've never had a glass bottle break and in fact right now we use uh, a glass bottle that's like the mini size and mm-hmm. it has a silicone sleeve on it wesley uses uses them right now for his sippy cup and he drops them all the time and we haven't had one break so they're very very durable obviously if you didn't have a protective sleeve and it dropped on like the concrete mm-hmm. that probably would um i mean i think it would break but yeah maybe that just means you bring metal bottles when you go out that's what we do because it's lighter um it's not breakable and yeah unless i mean the heat thing is it seems like a mute point because yeah. you
1: wouldn't be giving your
0: child Something scolding super hot, hot. Yeah. yeah
1: and i think this is an interesting point too because you brought up like offer up like there are so many different platforms that you can get things secondhand on not just thrift stores if you because I think some people don't even have thrift stores in their area or even like you know right. like a mm-hmm. good selection of things um so yeah even like using apps like offer up let go or ebay like ebay yeah
0: and I just say thrift stores or consignment stores because that's what we have available right but I, th- I think of if I were living you know somewhere where there weren't but where I didn't have those things available or I was mm-hmm. living rural yeah you know I'd probably end up well, I would do two things. I would shop online like through eBay mm-hmm. or I would like have a like a, a parent swap. So like all the you know, they bring all their stuff to one place, like create yeah. a sharing. It's the sharing economy right. model that many people talk about. So you do a swap kind of like a clothing swap, but you do it for baby gear.
1: Yeah, that'd be so fun. Yeah. Too, then you like meet other people in the area, which is nice. Mm-hmm. If you don't know them. And yeah, I guess like asking People who already have kids, like, for hand-me-downs, right? Oh, for sure. Would oh, yes. Yeah. Hand-me-downs all the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, This one's a good one. Mm-hmm. Kind of different than the whole baby-kid thing, but how do you do family events like Thanksgiving and et cetera? That's what's been my problem has been lately.
0: That's what's been my problem lately. I'm assuming they're, they're probably talking about, like, gifts
1: that are given to the kid, maybe? I guess so. Um, or even just pressure from other people like questioning what they're doing and why they're doing it maybe yeah that can be hard I mean l- luckily
0: for me I've had family that's been supportive and they respect uh, the decisions I've made or the the reasons and actually being on Instagram has helped because it educates people yeah. and it educates your family and your friends like oh totally yeah okay I can get behind that I still get you know my my brothers here and there be like you know teasing me a little bit but it's not out of a place of you know, it's it's they're just poking fun and yeah. having fun with it but yeah i i, can, I don't know i mean i think, I think just being consistent mm-hmm. i think being consistent in your in your actions and your values and not you know exploding in front of especially family members yeah uh but just you know maybe having like answers that you know ahead of time and just Trying not to let emotions
1: get in the, in the way because I think, particularly with family, that can happen. Yeah. I think you make a really good point about Instagram too and like just living by example and showing people what you're doing because um, even if you, I think a lot of people think like, oh, well, I'm not going to share this on Instagram because I don't have like a following. That's like what people mm-hmm. assume. But I think even if you're sharing with one or two people, mm-hmm. like you're one, like telling those two, one or two people about what zero waste is and how easy it is. But yeah, you're showing people, like you're also showing people how easy it is what the swaps are and like how you're living your life and then they're like okay they've got it I guess or Mm -hmm. like they there is some legitimacy to what they're doing right yeah
0: and I think that's where community comes in too, because Mm -hmm. if you have whether it's in-person relationships or online relationships within the zero waste community or low impact community whatever you want to call it then you see that other people are doing it and they can give you support and it actually gives you like the bravery to, to say, hey, like maybe we should try this next time at our family gatherings, yeah. right? Uh, and then you can start to change things. Like one of my friends, she, for the longest time, I think, would bring like plastic silverware home after her like her cousin's birthday parties or the parties she would throw to wash them to reuse them. And finally, her cousin was like, "Let's just do reusables." So it just sometimes it just takes time and being consistent and saying this is yeah this is just what I do and and making um uh making actions taking
1: actions that are just yeah consistent and with your values definitely um that brings me back to before I I asked a question I don't know if we got to it when you started Seattle Zero Waste have there has there been like like has the having a sense of community changed the way that you've done stuff other than you know I guess what we have already mentioned like resources I I don't know (laughs) uh yeah like I was just talking
0: about I think that it it helps you to know that other people are doing it and helps it's I mean for lack of a better word accountability Mm -hmm. or um you know like group pressure but in a good way so yeah I think it just it helps you not feel like a weirdo for doing it because you know that oh there are other people who are doing this with me yeah and you know, we call it the zero waste movement. Like it is, it is a movement. So you feel this, this energy from other people that are doing the same things and thinking the same things and want to make change, not just in their own lives, but on a policy level too. So all that to say it's, yeah, it, 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 yeah, it gives you energy.
1: Yeah. Okay. Let's do one more. Mm -hmm. Um, I always get questions about composting tips for beginners, but I, we are so lucky that we have the like local pickup, um, tips on making extra time to make sustainable choices. Like how do you get in the habit of making the time, I guess? Cause I think, I almost think it's like a mind block of like, I tell myself I don't have time. So then I tell myself I can't do it. But if you realize, like we were saying before, like if you practice and you just make it routine and it gets so much easier, at least Mm -hmm. that's how I would answer that, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sometimes you might not even get to it right away.
0: Mm -hmm. Like You might know there's one thing I really want to try doing or try changing, and perhaps you don't have the right, maybe there's not time currently or uh, there's not resources to change it, but if it's always there, I think eventually you'll do it at least when I think of certain things that I've changed, I just kept thinking about it and staying on it. But I think it's, I think it's, I think ultimately I would say it's just like any other lifestyle change you're going to make. If you want to lose weight or if you want to exercise more or if you want to get out into nature more, whatever that thing is where you're changing habits, think of that, like what you would do in those instances. Because I think, um, we don't some people don't see it in that way and Mm -hmm. it is it's lifestyle changes and it's habit changes so maybe it means finding a friend that will help you with it or maybe you know you have the resources to have a consultant you know work with you so there's a whole spectrum but i think what would what would you do in other circumstances again if you're trying to save money whatever it is get those get those pull-ups in that you've always wanted to do yeah So I think it just takes time. And if you want to change directions, you just have to turn around, right? It's as simple as that. And then you start walking that direction.
1: Yeah, totally. I have one last question that I just thought of because I feel like a lot of people when it comes to like using secondhand anything, they get grossed out. One, were you always into shopping secondhand? Like, did you grow up shopping secondhand? And then two, how would you tell people who are like, I would never buy my baby's clothes secondhand or I would never buy a bottle secondhand? Like, what do you what would you say, you know, mm-hmm. to them to make it kind of less scary? Cause I do find like, I was even telling people about using up your old makeup and people were super grossed out by that or like using a lipstick that you're like, your sister's used once or twice. Like you can use oh. it if she doesn't want to use it, like go for it. It's not cause I feel like we're just in this society that like, yeah, tells us to hyper Oh, I know. sanitize. Sometimes everything. I don't
0: have a lot of patience for those patients for those types of people. Yeah. So I have to, it's, It's an exercise in patience for me. But to answer your first question, yes, I grew up buying secondhand. Mm -hmm. Uh, My mom and I would always go garage selling or when we go on family vacations, we'd um, always check out antique stores and things like that. I remember buying a pair of khaki pants from American Eagle Outfitters in like 10th grade for one of my first jobs. And it was on sale. So we did a lot of sales. But I was Mm -hmm. like, I'm buying something new. This feels so weird. Like I have this vivid memory. So... I've it's if it's never been foreign to me. Yeah. But the thing that I would say to people, particularly around clothes, like, oh, that's so gross. Why would you why would you wear someone else's clothes? Like, have you ever stayed in a hotel? Yeah. Have you ever used hotel towels? Have you ever slept in hotel sheets? It's kind of the same thing, right? Like tons actually more people will have used those towels and those sheets than the clothes you would buy at a thrift store. Mm -hmm. So I would say i don't know i mean i guess yeah. it depends on the person but things can be washed things can be sanitized there's certain things that i totally get it like i would never buy a pair of used underwear yeah from the I'm thrift not store on there either Yeah, <laughs> some people doing that's great but you know and and if you're buying um materials that are not plastic like i don't really like buying plastic um particularly kitchen things like mm-hmm. i mean i don't i think the last thing i bought th- from a thrift store that was plastic was um a mandolin, so like a vegetable slicer. Yeah. But like I put it through the dishwasher. Yeah. Because I feel okay with that. But like I don't buy plastic Tupperware for many reasons, but one is because it doesn't sanitize like glass or metal does. So I would just say sanitize it like Yeah. But, you know, I guess I guess I would rather have someone make a more sustainable switch or use a more sustainable product if they buy it new than keep um uh buying like the old products if that makes sense yeah Yeah. so yeah it's hard too there's Mm -hmm. there's this
1: weird trade-off that I have this debate in my head of like I think it's good to support some new sustainable products because like then you're pushing the economy yes and you're pushing like the companies who are building the infrastructure and who are like actually caring and are going to continue making changes especially identifying the ones that like do actively continually improve and they have like good morals behind them. They're not just like following trends and whatnot, which is definitely an issue, especially with zero waste now and the word sustainable. Oh man. Don't Uh, get me started. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That could be a whole podcast in in itself. Um, So like, I don't think that people should need to like beat themselves up. Like if you're listening and you're like, I still don't want to buy used. uh, I would say like, there's a trade off of like, try a few things used you know, and then incorporating a few new things. Um, But also it's not that scary because I was so scared of thrifting. I don't know why I have like germaphobia. I don't know. I think I really, um, going zero waste really like challenged me in so many ways Uh because I was so stuck in like, I thought shampoo bars were never gonna work for me. I thought I would never be able to find makeup that worked for me because like none of the like natural stuff was the look that I wanted or like as effective as I wanted I thought that thrifting was gross because I just like would go in and like it all smelled weird and like you touch things mm-hmm. and you I was the person that would leave a thrift store and like need to sanitize my hands when I left mm-hmm. because I didn't grow up thrifting and right. the smell grossed me out and it just felt dirty but like in actuality it's like the clothes in there are just as dirty as me going into my best friend's closet and wearing one of her t-shirts right which I do all the time so right. it, it was just like my mind was telling me that it was grosser or weirder than it actually was. It was more of a like, let's step into it. Let's try it out. And then like, it really wasn't that scary. Right. Well, and
0: also, I mean, don't get me wrong. I still wash my hands thoroughly after I go to the thrift store. Oh yes, I
1: definitely do. But, but (laughs) um,
0: But I will say that now that when I do go into department stores the smell the new smell of everything that actually is more overpowering mm-hmm. than the thrift store because it, like everything has an off gas yeah so while there is perhaps a certain a smell that comes with a thrift store there's still a smell that comes with regular department stores yeah. but if you only shop there you're you're immune to it it's like totally. I just I just washed some clothes at someone's house recently and they had like um, I don't remember the brand, but you know, one of the more, uh, the fragrancy type and we don't use fragrance. What we do use, you guys
1: use for, for uh, laundry?
0: We have two types. We have the one for cloth diapers, which is planet cause it's recommended by the cloth diapers we use. Um, so, but it's unscented and then, um, one that's just the borax washing soda and, mm-hmm. um, uh, sh- uh, like shredded soap. Right, right. castile soap. soap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then some essential oils. So if you're but yeah, listening
1: to this, I do have a recipe of that on my YouTube channel. Yeah, it's it's very
0: it's easy. It's you can make it yourself easy. like actually you I kind buy. of
1: messed mine up in the video, but <laughs> it still worked. So yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. Like it's it's very forgiving. Yeah. So but all that to say, OK, there's still some clothes that I haven't rewashed yet. And I'm like, oh, that smell like it just when you stop using those fragrances, mm-hmm. it starts to get you. So it's kind of the same thing with thrift stores and department stores. Yeah,
1: just getting used to it. Mm-hmm okay well I think that was actually there is one question that I ask at the yeah. end of every single podcast and I forgot up well, until do now do you want me
0: to get him on I don't know if you want his little voice on there if that sure. would like make it good or not but yeah yeah I could try
1: definitely um I'll ask you this question yeah and, yeah uh so I always ask people what's a piece of self-care that you practice that like keeps you feeling you keeps you sane
0: oh sure <laughs> well when I do get to it <laughs> <laughs> Um, I would say CrossFit, which I still do pregnant. So that's a big one through pregnancy.
1: But honestly, how has that been?
0: Oh, well, um, I've been doing CrossFit for a lot of years. So it's like, it's, it's been good. I mean, some days I, it's, I work too hard and I have to nap, but, um, that's something that I really enjoy because it's really community based. But I guess the one thing that I do that's maybe, um, I don't know that I don't do all the time is I give myself manicures. Like I don't, I don't use nail polish cause well, zero waste, but mostly I'm just lazy and it takes too much time and it's anyways, yeah. but just giving myself a quick manicure, like, like, Oh, cause it takes a little time mm-hmm. and I don't always have the time. Um, I do get pedicures cause I think that it's just easier for someone else to do it. And yeah. again, I just get a buff. I don't get the polish, but, um, yeah, especially when you're pregnant. Pedicures, I think, should be like a medical expense <laughs> for pregnant ladies. Uh, but yeah, just a manicure,
1: nice. Clip my nails, trim them, cut back the cuticles. Yeah, yeah. And then, where can people find Seattle Zero Waste? And also, what are you guys working on? What's coming out? Yeah, what's what's happening? On? Yeah.
0: So we are at Seattle Zero Waste on the socials on the internet. Uh, seattlezerowaste at gmail.com. You can find us in all those places. We're on Instagram and Facebook. And there's kind of, well, there's, we always have different things going on, but I think the two things that I'm thinking of right now are our advocacy work and our event volunteer opportunities. So one is we have a relationship with Zero Waste Washington. They are a local nonprofit who works to change policy. So they are the ones who are responsible for uh, plastic straw bands, plastic bag bands, among other things. So right now we are just getting started in some in partnering with them for some advocacy work, particularly around changing the health laws about um, bringing your own container to grocery stores. Because currently, right now, you can only bring a coffee mug, mm-hmm. um, a reusable coffee mug, to get your coffee in. But we want to change it so that stores won't get penalized if they put items from the deli um, or from the book section into. Into containers. Some grocery stores kind of just turn a blind eye when you fill up your jar from the bulk section or your Mm -hmm. own bag, Uh, but that's one thing. And then some other things regarding um, uh, takeout uh, materials. So we're either requiring it to be all compostable or um, any things like that. So those are kind of some of the things that we're that we're advocating for. And then also we do right now want to move towards having our community members. Uh, run our events. So they would work with actually me, I'm the director of events and programs. And so we just want to get more people involved in that way. And it's a great opportunity because people can meet other people who perhaps they wouldn't meet Mm -hmm. um, at meetups and events. So uh, it's a way to, uh, yeah, to get involved in what we're doing.
1: Nice. Uh, So I guess that wraps it up. And then we'll go grab Wesley and I'll put his, yeah. his little voice in at some point. <laughs>
0: I'll, Sometimes he gets a little shy, but we'll see if he... Uh, mm. Can you check like, in the microphone? What do you hear out there?
1: Birds. Birds.
0: <laughs> oh, what is it? Look at that big smile. <laughs> What's this? What is this? A banana. (laughs) Is this your favorite zero waste snack?
1: (laughs) Can you say zero waste? Yeah, can you say zero waste? No.
0: No. Can you try zero waste? (laughs) What do you think? Are you just shy because there's someone new?
1: Trucks. 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 So that wraps up my conversation with Stephanie. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. I hope you found it insightful. Again, I will leave links to all of her platforms and Seattle Zero Waste in the description of this episode. And as always, you can support the show by going to patreon.com slash Christina, where you get access to my Facebook group, all of my secret podcasts that go up every single Tuesday. You get access to all of the podcasts a week early and all of my YouTube videos early before they go out to the public as well. Something that I've been super excited to work on lately has been the Facebook group and just kind of building some sort of community for exactly situations like this. You know, I'm not a zero waste parent, so I can't answer questions on it, but there might be somebody in this community who is and they can answer anything, any questions, concerns, or just, you know, talking about anything that you want support on or just sharing anything that you think is interesting. It all goes down in this new Facebook group. And I'm also sharing tons of resources and links to important articles and all kinds of stuff. So you can go to Patreon.com slash Sedona Christina where you can join for as little as a dollar to get access to that and other little goodies and I'm also doing one-on-one 45-minute phone calls with people as well now so I'm super stoked for that so yeah patreon.com slash (laughs) Sedona Christina and of course you can support the show for free by sharing it with a friend or by reviewing it on iTunes and of course by subscribing to the show and following me on Instagram and YouTube as well so yeah hope you're having a lovely day and I will talk you guys in the next episode remember to stay happy humble and forever compassionate and I love you guys so so much and thank you for caring about the planet within your realm of lifestyle habits because one change makes a huge difference and we're all in this together and we're doing wonderful things we really are I really do believe that we're changing the world all right bye